Ryder Nation and William Powell bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, we're ready. This is the Piffles Podcast. That is the Johnny McKegg Band with Here We Go. We are the Piffles Pod- Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast, and we are in a great mood. You seem really pumped up tonight. What, was it the can, William can, Powell entry or just the fact that we're heading to the playoffs? Well, William Powell also sang like lip, lip sync, the jamming with the riders, and it was Vanessa Carlton, A Thousand Miles. I love that song. I'm so can, sad that I missed it. We can talk about that in a little bit, but uh, right off the bat, give us a follow on Twitter, at PifflesPod. You can follow me at RealAlexD. You'll find me at Safamod. You will not find Greg on this show this week. Oh, I gotta go to Winnipeg. Wow, that sucks. We're from here. What's your excuse? <laughs> Good Simpsons reference right? for a guy that doesn't I, watch Simpsons. I love Simpsons. But you're the one that didn't. Watch. No, no, I watched Simpsons. I haven't watched in a long time, but I watched. Okay, growing up, so for you years. you get that reference. Oh yeah. Okay, that's good. I'm like Captain America. I got that reference. You can also like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/PifflesPodcast, Instagram at PifflesPod, and of course the website PifflesPodcast.com. Piffles Podcast brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. They're on Skip the Dishes, and guys, winter's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's never too cold for for a blizzard. Blizzard we, outside, might as well have a blizzard on the inside. Blizzards taste better in the winter. I don't know what it is. I think it's because you go outside and you earn it, right? Like you, you go through the cold to get this delicious treat. It just feels better because like you accomplished it. Like you went out and you got it. Blizzards taste better in the winter. Sundays taste better in the, in the summer. Couldn't tell you why. Just the way it is. A hot fudge on a hot day. I don't know. Maybe that's co- correlation at some for some reason. It is what it is. Just go get know. ice cream. Exactly. Always get and go to Dairy cream. Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive. Piffles Podcasts. We're also a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian, the Canadian Football Podcast Network. And we're a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Lots of great shows on both those networks. We got a lot to get to as, I mean, even though the riders aren't playing this week, we got a lot to talk about. Time for the opening kickoff. <laughs> I don't have anybody to laugh at that this week. I mean, I know. I I don't think it's funny. I think it's a well put together promo. Somewhere right now, Greg is laughing at this, listening to this every damn time. He's just sitting in the middle of some random meeting. He just started giggling because he. I hope so. I hope that got him in trouble. That'd be fantastic. That's what you get for not being here, Greg. Um, So the Riders, final home game of the regular season against the Eskimos, scrape out a 23 13 victory. 13 and 5, first place. They don't ask how many. They just, they don't ask how. They just ask how many. And I think that can kind of be the mantra of this team right now because that was not a pretty game to watch. You know what? You look at this season as a whole, and this game was a perfect ending to the regular season. They, they won the game. They didn't really play like they deserved to win. Their defense played outstanding. They still, they still, they scraped yet another win out. We're look, look at that board behind you and how many tight victories they've had this year. They've had what three, four blowouts in that 
13 wins. We actually do have a board behind us and it has the results of every single game. So if we sound like we know what we're talking about, it's probably because of the board. Thank you, board. It's like the inanimate carbon, carbon rod. Right? Like that's yeah. the real MVP. Yeah. Insert Kevin Durant gif here. <laughs> Just going for every meme today, aren't we? Right? It's good. Isaac Harker made his CFL, not, not debut, but his first career start. And it was in the biggest game of the season for the Riders. They win this game and they get first place. And uh, he wasn't bad by, by any means. You look at his, his stats. He was through for, what, 83%, 200-plus yards. Didn't throw for a touchdown. They did get the one on the ground there by Marcus Thigpen. But he didn't turn the ball over. And I thought that was the, the biggest thing for him. They, he had that one interception, but that was taken away because of a, a rough in the passer penalty, which was kind of iffy. But no, uh, the penalty was the was well, right. It was you can't give Usher the the benefit of the doubt anymore. Not this year. He's he's been just as bad as Simone Lawrence. How many fines has he gotten? Uh, this would be three number four? three, I think. Yeah. Um, but I thought I thought he played pretty well. It wasn't mind blowing by any means. I think, but this, that's okay. I think this was an example of Stephen McAdoo. And the Ryder offense setting Isaac Harker up to succeed. That's exactly what it was. It was all short game, control the ball, let the defense do their thing. I mean, he threw for 23 of 28, 82%, and over 200 yards. Take your chances. He took the one chance to Shaq Evans, and I'm I'm a little mad at Shaq Evans. He did kind of lollygag on that one. Insert Bill Durham. Insert Bull Durham lollygagger clip here. But, uh, like, he did, he, he probably should have caught that. A big one to Justin McInnes in the fourth quarter there, setting up the uh, game-winning points, essentially. And that's exactly what you have to do with a with a backup quarterback who essentially started the season as a third-stringer, raw rookie out of the Colorado School of Mines. It's not like it's a very big football school. Huge quarterbacks uh, academy right there. Chad Freehoff, yeah. former rider, of course, from the Colorado School of Mines. Ones Go of quarterbacks diggers. have come out of there. Ones of quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I thought he played okay. He wasn't mind-blowing, and I know the the average looks good, but I thought it was because, like you said, it was a lot of checkdowns, a lot of short passes, but that's exactly what they needed him to do. Just don't turn the ball over. Just go out there, give the ball to the playmakers, let them do the stuff. We'll score points, we'll win, and that's exactly what happened. The one thing that shocked me, considering, again, we're looking at a guy on in his first career start, they didn't rely as much on William Powell as I thought they would. I, th- I thought for sure they'd run the ball a lot. Like, I mean, between him and Thigpen, there was 15 carries. I that that number should have been doubled if you want to put a guy like Harker, you know, in in a relaxed place off the bat. Maybe that's a case of them trying to you know out coach themselves. They do have a habit of doing that. That oh, Edmonton thinks we're going to run the ball because we're running we're going with a rookie quarterback. But no, let's surprise them. Let's let's pass it. But I mean, in the short passes, that's kind of an extension of the running game. A lot of the screens, that's kind of like a running play in a sense. So. It's 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 kind of like that, but you know what I noticed the big difference between Isaac Harker and uh, Cody Fajardo, the running game. That man does not know how to run the ball. He looks not scared, but he look he he looks like he's never run as a quarterback in his life. Whereas Cody Fajardo, I mean, right out right out of the gate, he he was taken off as often as he could. But so many times you'd see you saw Harker you know, start to run towards the line and then just dump something off. And not always was it the best choice. Uh, fun Isaac Harker fact. He actually lives a block away from me. He's on our our little path when we walk the dogs in the morning. And uh, he, he goes out, he goes to work for 7 a.m. every day. He's out there starting his car and, 
And today on our, our, our walk back to, to the house with the dogs, he was out there starting his car and, you know, he had his uh, rider toque on, rider's uh, long sleeve shirt on. And I, of course I had my rider toque on and walking the, the dogs back and he says, hello. We walk right by him and, and, and his car and Hey dogs. Hey guys, how's it going? And everything. Nice, nice man. I'm like, Hey, good. Thanks. How's, how are you? He goes, Oh, I'm great. 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 And I wanted to play out, play it off. Like, I don't know who he is. I know exactly who he is. I've known he, <laughs> he's lived there for, you know, the whole season. And I, I just don't want to make him feel uncomfortable. Right. And I, I kind of wanted to say, Hey, good game on Saturday. Maybe next time I'll, uh, next time I see him, I'll, I'll do that. But it was just uh, one of those things. And, and he goes, Hey, nice hat. <laughs> My nice hat. I was like, Oh yeah. Thank you. Was, <laughs> Should have been like, Hey, do you like the writers too? Yeah. <laughs> next time. Maybe I'll do that next time. Did and you, then the third time is, is did, when did you see that quarterback playing last week, man? He man, looked pretty he good. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> or just go the opposite route, man. That guy was awful. They, they, he couldn't throw the ball for, and then just walk away. But he seemed like he was in a great mood today, which is, I mean, I mean, great considering he had the day off essentially. And the riders are only practicing one day this week. What's your thoughts on that? That's just a, it's a one day thing just to shake off a little bit of rust, make sure they don't have two full weeks off before practicing kind of thing. Cody Fajardo is not going to practice on Friday. I promise that will not happen. He will not be there. That's going to be the story on Friday. You're going to see that in every media outlet. Cody Fajardo not practicing. What's his status for the West final? He will not practice. I promise that. I guarantee it right now. Cody Fajardo shows up to practice in wheelchair just for fun. He's <laughs> just troll, troll everyone. <laughs> Love it. And you know what? Why not get Parker some more reps with the number ones just in case? Because we don't actually know how bad. And we'll talk about uh, Cody Fajardo's injury in just a little bit here. But uh, going back to the game, Cam Judge, is there any doubt that he's the Canadian of the year? I mean, in my opinion, no. He he solidified it uh, on on Saturday night. Saturday afternoon, I guess. Great tip pass by yeah. Charleston Hughes on that, forcing the interception. Of course, that interception pretty much iced the game for the Riders. And once he ran that back, we knew first place was ours. We'll talk about how rare that is as well. But uh, I was a little disappointed in the defense. I mean, yeah, they held Edmonton to, to 13 points. It's really hard to to be excited about a defense when only one guy really shows up. And and on <laughs> but on def, like on the defensive line, I was only really impressed by AC Leonard. He was named a, a CFL Shaw Top Performer of the Week. For, was was for this his, his best game as a rider this year? It was probably up there. Forced fumble, fumble recovery, a couple sacks, more tackles. He had a hell of a game. Yep. But it looked like for a while he was the only one on that defensive line that decided to show up. Until the very end, and then Micah Johnson had a tackle for a loss, and and I think he had a sack there as well near the end of the game. But that's a little worrying considering Edmonton wasn't playing their starters. They were playing backups. So this this rider team, yeah, without Fajardo, but every other starter that was there, okay, well, Dante or Derek Moncrief obviously wasn't wasn't there, but that was they were the only two starters missing. <coughs> This game should not have been as close as it was. No, but again, it was a 10-point game, but we did leave 11, what, 12 points on the board? No, we got a single out of, out of one of the misses. So, you know, and 11 the- points on the board. That's a that's a turning a nothing game into, or like a tight game into a, a blowout because that should have been a 20-point victory. And that's the next name on my list is Brett Lothar. And I don't want to jump on the guy for having him. He had a bad game. He and was he, 2 he of 6. It. And I liked his quote after the game. He said he was going to go drink a lot of beer tonight and forget 
that this game happened and wake up tomorrow and, and it's over. It's yeah. done with. And that's what he's got to do. He, this is his first real bad game of his career. I mean, we look back at this year and there's been talk that he hasn't been that great. He's been he's been good. He was 30 of 35, 86%, which would have put him in the top half of the league. And that's considered a bad year for him. I, th- I that, think the expectations from him after last year were yeah. so high. He was so good last year. But this year, yeah, okay, he's missed a couple converts. He's missed a couple, couple field goals here and there. But he has been clutch. He has made the kicks when it matters. He's had, what, two walk-offs, another couple game-winning field goals as well. I don't know what the I'm CFL version of, uh, of the wins above average is, but I guarantee you we are a better football team for having Brett Lothar Damn kicking right the ball are. than anybody else. There is not a single kicker in this league I would take over him to ice a game. And it's not like the four of it. Like he finished two for six, but it's not like the four losses or four missed kicks were were easy kicks. No. The th- 49, there was a 51-yarder, I think, yeah. and then there was another 40-plus yarder. Yeah, There's two okay. over 50. Two over 50, another one from 40 plus. Like, those aren't easy kicks and by the, any means. And the last one, he was 100% in his head. That's what it was. I looked right beside Amy, that 32 yarder. I said, he's going to miss this. I know it. It's in his head. Yep. And she goes, don't say that. I'm like, it's going to happen. Like, I, I just, you've seen it happen before. And he missed it, of course. And I was like, okay, well, just get it. the last kick when he, when he did make it, the 13 yarder, whatever it ended up being. I was like, just. Don't hit the post. Just yeah. get it through the end zone. Get us the one-point lead. Our defense will win the game. It's fine. I don't even care if he makes it or not. Just just don't hit yep. the post. Miss it. That's fine. But, I mean, a lot of people going on social media, of course, ripping him for going for two for six. Give it up, guys. Just just this, play Amy's rant right now. I, I probably could. <laughs> Brett Lothar has been absolutely money for this team. There's not a kicker that I trust more in this league from 50-plus. That includes Justin Medlock, who I would put up there as probably one of the top two kickers in the league with Brett Lothar. I trust Brett Lothar more than I do Medlock for a 50-plus yard field goal. If it came down to it for a game winner, there's not one kicker in this league I would want more than Brett Lothar. That's my kicker. You want to know what I thought was really funny? And this was going into this game before he had his uh, disaster of a game. There was all this talk that Brett Lothar was having an off year and Sean White has been in the talk for uh, most outstanding special teams player. And he's probably going to win it. Right? He was at 88% to to Brett Lothar's 86.1. He's not so that much better. One miss one, one was kick. the difference between being terrible and being the best special teams player in the league? No. Get get off the guy's shoulders. He's been he's been the he's the reason we're in first place. Without those kicks, we're sitting we're heading to Winnipeg right now. I'm glad we're not going to Winnipeg. Winnipeg Nobody sucks, wants to go to Winnipeg, right? Suck it, Greg. <laughs> he didn't have a choice, but I mean, he had a choice. He could have just got fired, I guess. Winnipeg or he got fired. Steve, would you go to Winnipeg or would you rather get a new job? Uh, I think I'd rather get fired. Yeah, I especially really, like going there right now in the, in the you know the start of winter. Ugh, no thanks. The only excuse to go to Winnipeg is uh, a Penguins game. That's it. I mean, Banjo Bowl and Shwarmacon, but other than that, Stella's, we got to give a, oh, a shout man. out to Stella's breakfast downtown. Uh, breakfast downtown. was amazing. Oh, so good. But otherwise, Winnipeg sucks. Jamming with the Riders, Vanessa Carlton, a thousand miles. You didn't get to see it because you did have to miss the game, and, and we're not going to get into why, but you did have uh, some family stuff pop up, and, and you had to miss the game. But on the big screen, the Jamming with the Riders, the lip sync that they do, I was so happy when they played. You heard the first little yep. piano keys. 
of Vanessa Carlton, A Thousand Miles. I was like, no way. Of course, the stars of that one, Cody Fajardo and William Powell. Apparently, he was dancing on the sidelines to his... Yeah, like, so he did a little little shake and, and groove move. I don't know what he calls it. We'll call it the Willie P. But he did the Willie P in the video, and the Max Tron put the put the camera on him and put that up right after the right after the video. And uh, so he was laughing. Everyone around him on, on the sidelines was laughing. So he started doing that dance there. And other than the end of the game, that was the loudest that crowd was. That entire game was smiling and cheering and laughing. That, William Powell, he was having a great time. That jamming with the Riders might be my favorite uh, part of this year that's not on the football field. They, they've they knocked that out of the park. Watching that video, I can tell you, I can promise you, Cody Fajardo, he has done that song karaoke before. <laughs> he knows that song. He loves that song. You can tell it. That's his go-to at karaoke? It might be. It might be. It's a good song. I love that yeah. song. It's such a good song. And it's one of those you recognize the moment it starts. You're oh, like, yeah, the oh, piano keys hit, yep. and boom, yep. And you gotta crank it up. Too. I've I've watched song. a couple Guilty of pleasure, sure. I've watched a couple of clips of it, and I, I had a good giggle over it. It was uh, awesome. I hope they do one of those for the playoffs. I'm I'm sure they will. I I don't know what they do. Hopefully, it would be making fun of either Calgary or Winnipeg in some sort, but we'll see. Speaking of Cody Fajardo, his injury oblique, torn, strained, pulled. I don't know. We kind of heard that it was all three. That how bad is this injury? Because this is a little scary. You talk about a torn oblique, and and you don't don't Google it because if you Google a torn oblique and and see like the don't, time frame, don't ever glue your, Google any injuries. You're instantly dead or have cancer. Yeah, WebMD is is terrible. Stop. Like you're just gonna die basically. But uh, it's not a two week injury. No. It's not a three week injury. It's significantly more than that. You maybe get rid of weeks and put months on there, and you're a little bit more accurate. So See, are are you worried about this? I I had the benefit of watching the sidelines on TV as that game ended. And Cody Fajardo was jumping around, he was shifting around, he was dancing. Before that moment, I was concerned because all we heard about on social media and on TSN was torn and strained and out for weeks and serious injury. He didn't look like a guy that uh that was ready to give up the reins on this football team. I, I'm going to go out there right now and say he is starting that playoff game, and he will be as close to 100% as uh, as you can hope for. But he will start that game. And that's why imp- this bye week for the Riders is so important, and that's the next talking point I have here in the opening kickoff. Riders clinching first place. You put, a, put out an article just how rare this is. We know this is the first time since 2009. It's only the third time since 1976. No. Well, second time since 1976. Well, okay, well, since October of 1976 then. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> Those two Grey Cup games... We don't talk about. ...might be the worst losses in Rotter history. In terms of heartbreak? I wasn't even alive for 1976, and it hurts me to hear the name Tony Gabriel. So, I can't... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry to everybody who listened. We'll, we'll bleep that part out. So... Tony who? N- nobody. No. That that never happened. T. Gabriel? Should yeah. we go with that? Instead? Let's go with that, yeah. Um, yeah, and we all know, we, we've talked about it on this show as well, too, on the Piffles podcast, about 09 and how we all think it's actually going to be a rematch and redemption and all that, and that, that'll, that'll, that'll come later on, maybe next week. We'll talk about that. But clinching first place is so rare for this team, and they've only won the Grey Cup four times. They've only done it once. 
as the number one seed in the West. 1966. So, but but it just feels like it's way more important this year. It feels way more important to get your starting quarterback healthy, and that's exactly what this is all about. And you can, Fajardo said it when he talked after the game, in the game that he didn't play. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to make sure I give everything I have for this team. And even the teammates were saying, hey, don't play this game. We got you. We'll win this game without you. He wanted Let's get to you play. that rest. He wanted to play on Saturday. He was going to play. His teammates talked him out of it. So you can't tell me two weeks from now he's not going to be going. There is no chance that man is missing his first West final. And that's why right now I think you get as many reps as you can for Isaac Harder with the number one team. Have him ready just in case. Cody's fine with the number ones. He's got the timing down. We've seen what he's been able to do this season. The first day of practice on Friday, like I said, he's probably not going to practice. Give all those reps to Harker. Give a couple to Bennett. I'm sure anyway, we're going to have some sort of package for Brian Bennett in the West final anyway. So, so implement those on Friday and, and kind of get that, but give those reps to Harker. This is about getting Cody Fajardo healthy. He might not even practice, what, Tuesday, whenever they go back next week. Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever their first day of practice is, I doubt he even throws then. I bet and they'll have the, a closed practice. He probably won't throw then either. I bet you the only practice he plays at is the closed practice. It's very possible. Because then they can play. If, if he's starting, they can do gamesman, gamesmanship right up to kickoff. And if he's not starting, you won't know. You can, you can say he threw the ball around a little bit of practice today. Who's going to know? That's going to be fun to find out, and it all starts on Friday when the Riders do their one practice this week, and we'll see what happens there. I, I still think he should show up in a wheelchair. Just, just milk it. <laughs> well, we got a lot more to get to. That's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage, Regina Realty. Check out her Facebook page, Kathy Festion, Royal LePage. Odds and end zones by Churchill Brewing Company. Calgary sucked against BC. It's oh. kind of a shame that they ended up winning, but they, they did not look good in a game that... To be fair to Calgary, they probably didn't give a crap about. Once the Riders won and clinched first, Calgary's like, well, great, we can't get first. So, Yeah, but I feel like uh, a home playoff I mean, they game still is still heavy they, on their mind. They still had to win, but I'm pretty confident they think we can beat Winnipeg. Doesn't matter where the game's being played. You could tell there was something missing with that team on, on Saturday night last week that they just they didn't seem to care. Drop passes, just... That might have been Bo Levi Mitchell's worst game as a quarterback, and they still won. That says a lot about BC, if you ask me. BC actually almost came back in that game, too. Brandon Bridge! My man. Got to play. Air Canada. <laughs> Did he do enough in that game to earn a job somewhere next year? No. Even with the ratio counting Canadian quarterbacks? No. I think, I mean... I tweeted out classic Brandon Bridge. He runs around and scrambles out of a sack and tries to make something happen, throws an interception. Yep. Classic Brandon Bridge. I think there's enough uh, Canadian guys out there right now that, uh, that'll that get a look before him at this point. Like Michael O'Connor? Yep. I, I want to say no, but we know he'll be on a roster somewhere. And he's got the he's got the athleticism to deserve that spot. But he's does so he have the rest of it? He's so physically talented, and it's all... It's all in his mind. In his, in his head. He doesn't have the decision-making that you need to have as a quarterback in the CFL. If his first read isn't there, I wouldn't trust him. And this is a guy, I'm saying that as somebody who wanted him to be our starting yep. quarterback going into 2018 with yep. how we finished 2017. He'll be around. He'll be somewhere. I don't know where. Yep. Somebody will, something will happen to quarterback somewhere. He'll be the third guy. 
he'll be he'll be there somewhere. Rick Campbell bolting out of Ottawa. I'm done. See you later. My relationship with Marcel Desjardins, the general manager, is not where I want it to be. See ya. Wow. What a bombshell on Monday this week. You know what? We have we have trolled and knocked the Ottawa Red Blacks all year for for their sucktitude on the field. There's been a lot of that. But they finished the game losing or finished the season losing 11 straight games. But I genuinely feel bad for their fans that Marcel Desjardins is sticking around and Rick Campbell is leaving. They got that so backwards. And I love that Rick Campbell had the balls to come out and say, it was my relationship with Marcel Desjardins that, that caused the end of this. And that if if he stayed, I was gone. And if he gave the ultimatum to to Oseg and they chose, they chose Marcel Desjardins over Rick Campbell, they made a huge mistake. And I'm concerned for the future of that franchise. If, if you paid attention to the players on Twitter, uh, Henry Burris also did not have very kind things to say about Ottawa. And this is a guy who is going down right now as a Red Blacks legend. I don't know how you can have a legend when you've only been in the league for six years. But anyway, Chris Milo, former rider as well, kicker. Someone was asking him, what are your thoughts on uh, Marcel? He says, well, in due time. But he's not surprised that Campbell wanted out. There have and, been a lot of negative things said about Marcel Desjardins by former players and a lot of positive things said about Rick Campbell. I watched Rick Campbell's, uh, a, a couple minutes of his kind of farewell speech that he did, and he was crying. He said it like it was the coolest thing to have the Grey Cup go down Bank Street right in, you know, in front of his house. And, and to leave that, that mustn't have been easy, but there's something, and this is one bad year by the team. Like, yeah, okay, their first season, obviously, 2-14. and 14. Like, there was a... The expansion franchise. Right. They've been to the Grey Cup three out of four years. Winning one. And one bad year after that, and this happens, the mass exodus of players going into this year, we knew they were going to be bad because of that and with what they have at quarterback. And now the head coach leaves. The OC left before the season started. Jamie Elizondo to go to the XFL, who's not even playing yet. It, that's that's not a good look. Nope. And, and that is not good for... Ottawa, because if that franchise has another pitiful year next year and the fans start stop going, they're looking like the Renegades 2.0. And that is the absolute worst thing that could happen right yep. now. As a CFL fan, I as much as I want to knock the team, I want that that franchise to succeed. This team, this league needs to grow, not shrink. And we we've seen time and again, you know, you start to see that that falter. You have to be concerned with the future of the actual franchise. And we don't want that. And I, I just can't believe that they got it this wrong. And if you watch the their fans right now, they're their not happy. Fans are pissed. Yep. Like we should just like we I don't have a rant prepared for prepared for this week. I don't know if you do, but we could have just opened up Twitter and, and read right. every single red blacks <laughs> hashtag our nation and right? just read all the tweets. That's that's the rant. And they're yeah, and they're absolutely good. right. Every one of them. That that team made a mistake and they're gonna find it out next year. It depends on who the quarterback's going to, or who the head coach is going to be, and we'll talk about that in just a bit. The player of the year nominees, the team nominees came out last week. We had our predictions, and I think we were, for the most part, pretty bang on. The On Thursday, the league nominees come out. Do any of the riders stand a chance to win? Will Cody Fajardo get the West nomination, and does he have a chance to beat Brandon Banks, who's going to get it for the East out of Hamilton? 
Yes, he makes it. No, he loses. Brandon Banks didn't have a record-setting year. Cody Fajardo threw for 4,300 yards. I mean, the, but, there's but arguments for both. But they give it to quarterbacks. You have to blow them away if you're a receiver. And Brandon Banks had a great year. I'm not discounting that at all. But did he blow you away? Not really. I mean, it, it's... He was probably the most consistent player all year. And I'll, I'll absolutely agree with that. Outstanding? Uh, maybe. As a receiver, how often does it happen? I, I want to go back and actually look at it. Uh, but how often does it happen that a guy leads in catches, yards, touchdowns? I mean, catches and yards is understandable, together, but right. But those those touchdowns. I mean, he he he. What was the next closest guy? He was. Uh, he had a pretty good head up on uh, receiving touchdowns. I I think there's a chance, and you can insert the the dumb and dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance, <laughs> but and I would love nothing more than to see uh, Cody Fajardo win it. And I think we saw on Saturday just how important he is to this team. Because our offense wasn't anywhere near the style of offense that we're used to. I mean, yeah, we haven't been scoring a boatload of touchdowns, but we've at least been exciting and, and I, moving the ball. And I guess there's a difference between MVP and MOP, right? Yeah. He's he's the league MVP this year, no question. But MOP? I just can't wait for whoever wins out of those two, because that's who it's going to come down to. The fan base of the guy that doesn't win? is going to lose their minds. Everyone in Hamilton right now is saying it's Brandon Banks 100% don't at me. And they're like they're mad about that. Could you imagine watching them on social media if uh if Cody Fajardo wins? And if Fajardo doesn't win, well, you got Ryder Nation <laughs> mad, right? But do you do you think uh Burnham beats out Cody Fajardo? No. As, I'm with you on that one. As much as I think that Brian Burnham is the best receiver in this league, and that includes a Brandon Banks, no. The league loves giving it to their quarterbacks. Football, just, they love their quarterbacks. Football in general. you got to really blow them away as a running back or a receiver to have a chance. So yep. I do think Cody Fajardo wins, even though he may not be the most deserving of it. But I think he ends up winning. Charleston Hughes, you think he beats out Willie Jefferson or Trey Roberson? Uh, probably Probably not. No. I think it goes to Willie Jefferson out of the West anyway. I, I, I think it's actually Trey Roberson. But I think I think it should be Trey Roberson. But I think I think it will be you Willie look Jefferson. At, look at stats. And, of course, Willie's going to have more than Trey Roberson. But that's also a telling stat yeah. that, you know, a, a shutdown corner who doesn't get thrown at a lot still has seven or eight interceptions, whatever he ended up having. Cameron Judge, does he win Canadian Player of the 100%. Year? 100%. He has to. If he doesn't, and I'll, I'll steal Greg's quote from here, Eastern Bias. Oh, speaking of Greg, we got a question. Uh, can you guys make fun of Cavus Reed for old time's sake? So, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, Cavus. That's for you, Greg. <laughs> Consequences. The CFL simulation odds came out on Tuesday. Odds to appear in the Grey Cup. Hamilton, 86.11%. So everyone's basically saying that they're going to make it out of the East. The Riders, 759 and if you go off the trends the last five years, it's been one seed versus one seed the last five years. Has it been every one of the last five? Yep. I, I was looking back and I thought I saw that, but that just seemed too easy. That's the way it's been. That, I mean, that Having that bye week and getting guys healthy in one home game, that seems to be the trick. Yep. Odds to win the Grey Cup. The Riders, 50%. If you go back to the start of the season and tell me that 
the Riders would be at the top of the simulation with a 50% chance to win the Grey Cup going into the playoffs, don't tell me you would believe that. You would call me a filthy Not liar. A chance. Everybody picked them fourth or fifth. Us we, included. We look at the, the experts, and we all know how experts we are. But we thought they were, maybe they could fight for second, but probably finish third, maybe fourth. We didn't think they'd finish fifth, but... Yeah, we, we all had them at a playoff third team. Third or a crossover, but to lead... And, and Hamilton's only at 32%. Calgary's only at 12%, and they're the defending champions and I have a two-time Grey Cup MVP on their team. They're too high. I want to see that number drop even lower. I hope they lose to Winnipeg. We'll talk about that in a bit. Most likely matchup, everyone's saying Saskatchewan-Hamilton, 65% is what it comes out to. But if that, you look at the last five years, the, taking the number one seeds, that's exactly what it is. That bodes well for us. Jeff are. Knox hit a tiger. You see that? <laughs> that was amazing. He tweeted out a video saying this is the craziest thing. I hit a tiger. And he got out of his car on the on the highway in New York and got a, ran across the highway <laughs> showing a video of what he hit. I think it was a lynx or a bobcat. I don't think it was an actual tiger. Either way, that's absolutely crazy. You know what? You see that that image of the guy sitting behind the chair with the change my mind sign? That was a tiger. Change my mind. <laughs> 100%. Even though I know it Wild. was not a tiger, Wild. it was a tiger. Because that story is great as it being a tiger. TSN released their 30 players to watch in the playoffs. Your uh, favorite number 30, Chris Strevler. I mean, I don't even think he's going to see playing time, so it'll be tough yeah, watching him. get a quarterback sneak or something. Number one, Cody Fajardo. You said quarterback sneak. You mean running back sneak. Sorry. Number one, Cody Fajardo. That's the big storyline. Is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be healthy, and how is he going to perform under the pressure of a playoff season? When, I mean, yeah, it's his third year in the league, but he's essentially a rookie in the sense of playing time, right? Number two is Brandon Banks. I found that kind of interesting that Dane Evans wouldn't be number two because Dane Evans, same kind of boat as Cody Fajardo, was a backup coming into the into the season. And now he's taken the best record. This might be the quietest 15-3 and three season I've ever seen in my life with the Ticats. It really is. Because nobody's talking about them. They are such a good team. They are a very good team. Riders can beat them. We've seen it happen before. We beat them once, should have beat them twice. Yeah. But that's, a. I mean, I just found it weird that Zach Claros was number four on that list. I agree with that 100%. I thought he should have been number three if, after uh, Claros and then Dean Evans. Because that, that team with Caleros behind center has a chance. That team with, with Chris Strebler behind center... All not they even, have is not a, even play the Dumb and Dumber clip here. Right, right. All they have is that puncher's chance of maybe he'll go off for 150 yards. But you put Chris Strebler behind quarterback, and that is as one-dimensional a team against a solid defense in Calgary and a solid defense in Saskatchewan and then a solid defense in Hamilton, likely. You're not going to win three playoff games. No. And you know what? I know I realize if Strebler starts and they win the Grey Cup, people can throw this back in my face. Yes, there's a chance. It's going to. It would take a miracle, which is what it would likely take. Be an to, asterisk beside it. Yeah. Well, I think with it, there's a case for an asterisk beside every team this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Every quarterback missed time, so there's asterisks everywhere. Well, let's get to a couple questions here. Piffle's questions presented by Underdogs Memorabilia. Should playoff games be on Saturdays or Sundays? Sundays. It 
tradition-wise? Is that is that why? Yep. When the games matter, they belong on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. I wish they'd be on Saturdays. Maybe you get a better crowd, especially when you know, November 17th. And we'll, we, we'll talk about this next week on the show. Should the game be sold out, the West Final? Spoiler alert, it should. It should. It won't be. I promise you it will not be sold out. But if it's on a Saturday, think about the people that have to drive in from Saskatoon or further. It'd be a lot easier to get to for a Saturday game than a Sunday game. Especially when you don't have the next day off. I want them to be on Saturdays, but I do like them on the Sundays. Although I like watching more football, so I like watching the NFL. I'd like to not have to flip back and forth sometimes. But but then you'll get the people saying, well, I like watching college football. Those are few and far between, at least in, in our... I mean, I like watching it too, but I mean, this week everyone's going to be watching LSU Alabama. But I could pretty much tell you the result of every college football game when it's a top five seed against a Div two school most of the time. Like, come on. What is your favorite playoff experience over the years? I, I, I'm pretty sure we can both agree. Cup? I mean, we got to take that one out of there. That's an obvious. 07 West semifinal. Yep. You remember that the touchdown pass to DJ Flick to and start how the game? loud that crowd got? I've never heard a Ryder nope. crowd louder. Great cup included. Just to go different than that, I will say the 06 West semifinal in Calgary, the Riders there. I remember at halftime, the Riders were down by however many they were down. I saw Big Norm. Everybody knows who I'm talking about when I say Big Norm. At halftime, I said, don't worry. We got this. We're good. And he looked at me. He's like, I don't know, man. I'm like, we got this. Second play from scrimmage in the second half, Kenton Keith goes 76 yards up the middle. Touchdown. Riders dominated that second half. Henry Burris and the Stamps had no answers. And uh, I think you were on the were you on the same bus as us? Absolutely, I was. that was before we even knew each other. Yep, that was a good bus. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. I was not sober on that bus. I don't think anybody was. The coaching carousel of the CFL. Who oh. do you think ends up where? Ottawa? Oh God, who wants to go there right now? If I'm a, if I'm a guy that's looking to get promoted to head coach for the first time, there's no chance I'm going to Ottawa. If I'm a guy like Paul Lapalise who Paul is Lapalise looking for that wants next to be a chance, head coach, but. Yeah, but I don't know this, if he goes there. Again, this this might be his last chance. Would you go to Ottawa? Right now, no. Like that that is a that is unless I got total control. Which you won't with, with Marcel Desjardins. Yeah, unless I get the Chris Jones every hat in the in the closet, I I wouldn't go there. Nope. Does he does he Jim Pop it and find himself on the on the Ooh, uh, woof. Yeah, that'd be ugly. Does somebody will somebody will willingly because you want a job, right? Like yep. you want to promote yourself, well, and there'll be a, there'll be an offensive coordinator around the league that maybe it's Tommy Condell because Orlando, Orlando Steinhauer isn't going anywhere in Hamilton. He's going to be their head coach for a long time. Tommy Condell might take it, but for some guys, you take that chance and you blow it, you don't get another chance. Do you want to risk that opportunity on that dumpster fire? Or do you wait it out another year when you know you're the next guy? Because you know Tommy Condell is the next guy up. You know Paul Lapolice is getting a head coaching job. You think if, Paul Lapolice ends up in Toronto? I think Mike O'Shea ends up in Toronto. Everyone's saying that, but I'm not sold on that. I think Mike O'Shea ends up staying in Winnipeg. I don't think so. If they lose in the first round, I think he's gone. And that's why I think he stays there, because I don't think they lose. Spoiler alert, I don't think they lose the first round. I mean, I'll tell you why in a little bit. I can hope, but... I, I want Mike O'Shea to stay there. I think Mike O'Shea head coaching the Winnipeg Blue Bombers is the good thing for Saskatchewan, but that's besides the point. Corey Shamlin's gone in Toronto, I assume. You agree with that? 
I think he sticks around one more really? year. Really? I think with they the give him one more. With the money that MLSE is throwing around and with the success that they're having with the rest of their teams, the Toronto Raptors, the uh, Toronto FC soccer team, they're in the championship game this weekend, I think against Seattle is who they're playing. They've won, they won a couple of years ago as well. The Leafs are I mean, probably going to be in the playoffs and a good team, right? Like, I think the they're only gonna, they're going to spend money, and with Pinball coming in as GM, they have to make it work. They have to nail this one. I think I'll take I'll take a a side bet on that. If Chris Jones becomes available, not going to happen. I think it happens. Never going to happen. I want to see it. Chris Jones and Pinball together. Ooh. That could be a sitcom. That'd be fun. I would like to be a fly on that wall and have Pinball tell Chris Jones, this is what you're doing. I want to see that reaction. I want to see it. Paul Lapolis ends up in Toronto. I can see that. Yep. Does Uh, Devon Claybrooks stick around? He has to. There's a lot of talk that he isn't. You can't get rid of a guy after one year with the team. I know we just said that about Corey Chamberlain, but he was their defensive coordinator before that. He was with the team. You know I think him I, and Ed Hervey are, are linked up through 2021 together. You got to. He has Mike Riley right. as his quarterback. He has the best quarterback in Canadian football. And, and what'd that do for him? Well, that's not his fault because that, that the his, fault always falls on the head coach. Well, if you ask the GM, yes, but that's the GM's fault for signing Suck Chung, and we'll call him that because he was absolutely terrible this year to a ridiculous contract, and the O line was terrible. You can't blame the head coach for that. He can only play who's on his team. See, but the, the O-line got better when they got rid of their uh, offensive line coach as well. And brought in Kelly Bates. He's yeah. a Saskatchewan guy. And who picked the head coaches? Or who picked the, the coordinators? Oh, yeah. The head coach. Yeah, but look at the rest. They got to I I don't they think they start, should. They got to start from scratch with their coordinators. You got Nick Lewis, who's never coached before, and you're putting him That's in That's their position? mistake. Like, come on. They, they took on a bunch of rookie guys and tried to throw it, it together. It was his buddy from Calgary. That's yep. all it was. Yep which was a bad decision, but I think you have to give them one more year. Just I, to see. I don't like giving coaches one year and saying, no, too bad. Unless it's legitimately that bad, you have to give a coach a second year. But you wasn't it legitimately to. that bad? No. I don't. They lost a lot of close games. But look at the expectations of that team when they signed Mike Riley. And to be what? You, you got a $800,000 quarterback, or what is it, $750,000 quarterback watching the playoffs from his ass on the couch. The expectations were way too high. Should they get rid of him? No. Do they? I think they might. This is going to be a fun no. offseason. It will be pretty interesting with what happens there. And uh, one more question to get to. Can you guys make fun of Kavis Reed for old time's sake? Uh, yeah. Consequences. It's always fun to make fun of Kavis Reed. Here, let me hand you an envelope full of cash. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing how Montreal does so much better after he gets. Uh, you know, we talked about all the awards. The what about Coach of the Year? Coach of the Year. It's going to go to Orlando Steinhauer. Should it? Yeah. 15 I don't think and three so. with a backup quarterback for a majority of the year? Yes. He's put together the best team. He's had the best season. Yes. It should be Orlando Steinhauer. But when you look back and look at the expectations could, that Hamilton had. You can make a great argument. I know where you're going with this for Kahari Jones in Montreal. Absolutely. I would love to see Kahari get it. I think the turnaround and what he's done there has been fantastic. And I know we like making fun of Montreal a little bit, but five years, they've been absolutely terrible. And all it took to change was getting rid of Kavis Reed. Was Kahari Jones. He single-handedly, after the preseason, turned that franchise around. 
Because I guarantee you... They were you, 10 and 8. They were 10 and 8. And where did everybody predict them to be? I predicted Four them to be... 4 and 14, in, 3 well, and 15. Ahead of Ottawa. Wow. Let's not talk about who I predict, predicted to be first in the East. I, I think, I, again, I agree with you. I think Orlando does get it, but I think that's wrong. And I realize any Hamilton Tiger Cat fan listening to this hates me right now. But hey, at least I picked Brandon Brank, so bite me. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it be uh, Cody Fajardo and Kahari Jones. That win? I want to see that just to just to see the, get the explosion. Hamilton get shut out. They hate us. Yep, basically. All right. Got to move on. Not much time to get to a lot of this stuff here. The CFL 2 of the week. Once again, Steve, you have your favorite CFL tweet this week. Let's hear it. You know, this one. This one's a little bit different. This this tweet wasn't funny. What? It wasn't. It, I, I got to give a shout out. And I realize this isn't necessarily what this segment is always going to be for. But the tweet of the week this, go, this week goes out to a guy who's leaving. Carlos Verde from the CFL announced earlier this week that this would be the last his last weekend working for the CFL. If you go back and watch the CFL's, you know, Twitter over the last one, he's been in charge, what, two, two years? Two years, yeah, after Max left. It has been absolutely amazing. It was amazing with Max, and we thought there'd be a drop-off. Carlos has absolutely crushed it, bringing the, New the fans into it. New Max, that's, that's what he's still in my phone as. <laughs> what am I going to call the next guy? New, New Max? Newer Max. <laughs> But I did. I just wanted to give a shout out to a to a guy who really deserves it, who's done a great job of of highlighting this league, the fans, the teams. So Carlos, thank you for everything you've done for the CFL, and uh, best of luck wherever you end up. Yeah, good on you, Carlos. You uh, spend a lot of time keeping us entertained, and that's what this is all about. So thank you very much, Carlos. Our tall grass apparel enemy preview. No enemy preview this week, but we got a look because the Riders finished first. I don't know if you knew that or not. They did. Yeah. No game this week. No. Weird. Bye week. It's great. It actually worked out really well when you look at the schedule. They had five games and then a bye. And then five games, or sorry, they had four games, then a bye. Then they had four games and a bye. And then they had four games and a bye. And now they have five games and a bye. So it actually balanced out really, really well. And then two games and a breakup. We got to look at the CFL semifinals before our pickums. Winnipeg at Calgary. Minus 12 as a high right now. In Calgary for that game. Does that give the edge to Winnipeg? I say yes. Well, we know Winnipeg players are all about getting the edge. So uh, I think it does. Absolutely. They're a better team on the ground. That was a funny tweet. That was a funny comment. And I'm laughing very hard on the inside. (laughs) I can tell. That was a shot at Andrew Harris, by the way. Oh, that's where I was going with that? Oh, (laughs) no. I, I mean, you look at the two teams and Calgary has no running game this year. They don't know what they're doing None at all. Who, who's even starting at running back next week? Is, is it, it going to be Don leader? Jackson? Is it going to be leader? We don't know. I mean, you go into the playoffs starting a fullback as your as your running back? Because he had a couple good carries against the Riders? Yeah. I mean, Kay? Sure. I, I <laughs> Go th- for it. If, if I had to pick a winner based on the weather, Winnipeg wins hands down. Their O-line is better than Calgary's right now. And if they can get that cold, look what happened last year's West semifinal. It was a close game until the fourth, and then really Winnipeg took over that game, and it was Andrew Harris in the ground game. And honestly, I see that happening again this year. I think their defense is good enough to keep them in it. I think Zach Claros, he doesn't turn the ball over. He keeps the team in it, and in the fourth quarter, it's the Andrew Harris show, and he comes in, and he absolutely grinds out a win for Winnipeg. 
there's something missing from Calgary this year. Maybe it's a lot of their starters from the Grey Cup team last year, but they just, they've looked so average this year and it's hard to call a 12 and six team average, but that's what they've looked. I think they've fluked out a lot of wins. So have the Riders. Absolutely. So have Winnipeg. So you know, was Hamilton. You know, it's funny. And, you, and every team does, but they, this is not a team we're used to seeing fluke out wins like this. It's funny you mentioned Hamilton being the quietest 15 and three team. This has absolutely been the quietest 12 and six team. Like, 12 and 6 normally wins the West. It's pretty close. Or if not, I mean, it gets them a home playoff game. But yet, they feel beatable in every aspect. I mean, Paradis hasn't been that great. Rob Maver's still he's, best puncher he's the in the best league. Yep. I mean, but, and Bo Levi Mitchell, he's been good, but not, not great. And that's the difference. We're used to seeing that team being great. Have they finally fell off their perch? Like, is this is this finally it? We've been talking about this for how many years? We've been talking about this since we started the show. But it's so hard to bet against them because Huffnagel and, and now Dickinson together. Like, it's they're such... They're the patriots of the CFL right now. It, it's hard to look at a team that's 12 and 6 and say they've fallen off the ledge. But you're right. It's big time, though. It's It's a big drop. There is a big drop in quality of football. And now that we've talked all this crap, we they're know gonna go they're going to win the great the cup. Crap right? out of yeah. everybody, yeah. You know, and it's, sorry, Ryder Nation, if they win the cup, now it's our fault, right? But uh, they just don't feel like the number one team that we're used to seeing. You know, you go into the playoffs the last how many years, and and we're, everybody else is an afterthought. So I mean, yeah, they've they've dropped. There's no doubt about it. Predict the start of this game. Who's the difference maker in this West semifinal? Willie Jefferson. <laughs> I'll go with Adam Big Hill just because he took my answer. I mean, I think I think this game stays tight and it's the defense that wins. And there's no doubt in my mind that that Winnipeg has the better defense. Let's flip over to the East semifinal before we do our official predictions. Edmonton at Montreal. Did Trevor Harris get enough work in a, a couple of weeks ago and gets the Riders to be playoff ready? No. They made a mistake sitting him for the, the regular season finale. I agree. I agree. 100%. They should have played him for a half. At least a quarter. Yeah. Get him something some time. with the starters, right? Because he was off for six weeks before that, comes in for one game and Yep. They they made a mistake. And I think it's gonna bite them in the in the butt. Because he wasn't firing on all cylinders to begin with. I mean, yeah, he he was he was getting the yards, but they were they were stuck outside of the twenties. They could not find the end zone. That's why Sean White had such a good year. I think I think they made a mistake and I think it's gonna cost them. Can Vernon Adams Jr. on the other side of the ball for Montreal keep that magic going? Absolutely. He, he's, game. he's Brandon Bridge, but with talent. football talent. <laughs> and I, I don't mean that in a, in a, in a mean way. Like he's just got the, no, the he, mind he for has. football. Yeah, he he's a very he, he's a much better decision yep. maker than Brandon Bridge. Yep. And I, I think I think he takes over that game. I don't yep. think that game's even close. Him and Kahari together just seem to click. I don't yep. know what it is, but they just seem to have it. And I'm really glad for Vernon Adams because he finally got a shot there. He started out, what, 4-0, 3-0 as a, as a quarterback, and Montreal dumped him. It's funny that he finally gets his shot to be the guy where he should have been the guy to begin with four years ago. Right, and he didn't get a fair shake here, and, and then goes back to Montreal. No, wasn't even given, wasn't even the starter going into the season because that was Antonio Pipkin. And, okay, well, I guess we got to throw in Vernon Adams, and all of a sudden he brings him to a 10-8 and record and probably could have been 12-6 and probably. Yeah, they were playing. They had but, nothing to play for the last how many weeks. And they probably could have beat Edmonton the first time they played them. 
CJ Gable looks like he's going to be back for Edmonton. He was practicing on Tuesday. Is he the X factor in this game? Nope. I think he is. I don't think he makes a difference. Really? Nope. Nothing about the Ottawa or the Ottawa, the Edmonton offense. Well, they're get, half from Ottawa anyway. Get gets me uh, gets me revved up for a game. I just don't. I don't see him. Shaq Cooper wasn't bad. Hasn't been bad when he's been on the field. I don't see enough of a jump from him to uh, C.J. Gable. And I realize Sandra Hamilton, if she hears this, now <laughs> hates me too. I'm just pissing off all of Hamilton today. Brandon Banks sucks. I think C.J. Gable is going to be... He's the X factor in this game, but for one of two reasons. He, he's he's either going to be really good and lead Edmonton to a victory, or he's just going to be there. And Montreal is going to shut him down. And if they shut him down, I don't see... I don't see Edmonton beating Montreal. I see him getting 80 to 80, 90, 100 yards, that kind of thing, and having a decent game. I just don't think it's enough. I think Montreal comes out and absolutely lights it up. So with that, let's do our CFL Pick'em semifinal week. Edmonton at Montreal. You kind of just said it right there. Edmonton. No, uh, <laughs> Montreal. And I'm thinking by 20. I don't think it'll be that much, but I think Montreal does win the game. And of course, Winnipeg at Calgary. I think uh, I've already said my piece on this. The weather... I just think something about this game just screams defensive battle, and I trust Winnipeg in that more than I do Calgary. So I'm picking Winnipeg. Plus, I want the storyline. I want Zach Claros back here for the West Final. How cool would that be? I was going to say, how much of this is you wanting that storyline? I want that so bad. I, I don't think it happens. I think, well, it's one of those things like, this is a coin flip. We say this every year. Calgary's going to drop off. Calgary's going to drop off, and then we bet against them, and then they go and win the freaking Grey Cup. We're betting against them. I am in this game. Yeah, I, I'm going to go Winnipeg. Gonna win. Just Calgary seems off right now. That'd be four games the Riders would play against Winnipeg this season. Five if you count the preseason game. I couldn't tell you the last time a team played five games against the same team in a single season. That's crazy to me. I'm okay with it. If I have to pick a team to go up against, I'd rather go up against Winnipeg. We match up better against them. Really quick question, and I know... Uh, the players will always say, we want to play their best. We want to play their best. As a fan, your ultimate, you want your team to win, right? Yeah, absolutely. Not that we're wishing injuries on anyone, but do you want to see the Riders play Winnipeg because you think that they can beat them better? Or like they match up better and they, and they would beat them as opposed to Calgary? Or just you think Winnipeg's better? No, I, I think I think Winnipeg is a worse football team. No, let me let me rephrase that. I, right. think, I, I think my question was worded poorly at the end there but like do you want to see your team beat the best team or do you just want to see them win well i want to see them win 100 percent. i don't I care, care who it's against i could care less who it's against yeah remember in 2013 when uh calgary lost their two starting defensive tackles to uh to injury in a mean nothing game against bc i was happy for that they weren't severe injuries but they were enough to keep yeah. them out of that west final and Corey sheets ran wild on them yep. in that game i was happy good give me that i don't want any injuries to bo levi mitchell but if Calgary wins, I hope Bull Levin Mitchell gets a sprained right hand and he cannot throw a ball. <laughs> nothing it, serious. A two-week injury. Yeah. That's all. Nothing serious. Yeah. Nothing life, you know, or career-threatening. Just enough that he can't yeah. play. You want you want your I team, want my to, team to win. You want your team to succeed. As a podcaster, I want best on best. As a writer fan, I hope I just want I hope they win. they send their third stringers because everybody is just, you know, one-week injuries. And you're right. As a fan, I want to win. I don't care how. No part of me feels worse 
if we beat a team because they had their backups in. I still am happy we won, and that's what I want. Well, it's going to be nice this week because we don't have to stress about a playoff game this week. We can sit back and enjoy these two games, Edmonton-Montreal and, of course, Winnipeg-Calgary on Sunday afternoon. And I'm looking forward to that Winnipeg-Calgary game. I think that's going to be probably the game of the playoffs, probably the best game. Just that's going to be a physical game. That's going to be a good game. And and I hope those two teams just beat the crap out of each other and whichever team wins yep. comes against their ass kick here. I'm with you on that 100%. So we'll see what happens in the next few days here in the CFL. And of course, we'll be back next week to uh, recap those games and have an actual preview of the West final, which will, be played, which will be played here in Regina at Mosaic Stadium, the first one ever in that new stadium. And we'll talk about sellouts. We'll also talk. Oh, you think Bowley, Bowley, you think Bowley by Mitchell's making the trip down? Ah, uh, I out. get it. Get it? Right, sell out. Yeah. But I also, uh, I'm also looking forward to next week's show because we're going to have Rob Vanstone of the Regina Leader Post and Saskatoon Star Phoenix. He has a new book out, 100 Things Rough Rider Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. We're going to talk about that book there. And, and also, check out Rob Vanstone's podcast that they do with uh, Murray McCormick for the Leader Post. It's called Rider Rumblings. They sat down with Craig Reynolds. Talked about this year, and uh, Craig Reynolds mentioned that uh, Cody Fajardo was Jeremy O'Day's target from day one of free agency. And it's really kind of eye-opening. He says, I th O'Day said that he thinks he has a future as a starter in this league. Let's get him here and make it here. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. So give that some love as well, too. And uh, we'll talk to Rob next week about his book and pick his brain about uh, West Finals and all that kind of good stuff. So can, we'll I, can I just say Jeremy O'Day has not been getting... getting has not been given near enough credit for the team that's been put on the field this year. He's been phenomenal. Yep. Pretty much everything he's done has turned out and turned out very well. And we're going to see real quick in the playoffs just how important a guy like William Powell is going to be exactly when the weather gets cold. So yep. a big round of applause for uh, J.O. J.O. and yeah. uh, the work he's done. Absolutely. <clears throat> that's going to do it for us this week here on the Piffles Podcast. Give us a follow at Piffles Pod on Twitter. You can give me a follow if you want at RealAlexD. You'll find me at Safamod. Uh, oh yeah, Greg's not here. It's been nice. It's different. It? Yeah, I like it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Two OGs. Yeah, I approve. I don't know what OG stands for. The kids just say it. It's, it's the coolest slang. Yeah. I don't know why we're saying it. Yeah. Don't do that. No, sorry about that, guys. Apologize. We're also on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Piffles Podcast. Check out the Instagram page at Piffles Pod, and of course the website PifflesPodcast.com. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks go out to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty, Tallgrass Apparel, Churchill Brewing Company, and Underdogs Memorabilia for their support to make this show possible. Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and of course, a member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. We gotta go. This is Tyler Gilbert, Ghost Behind Your Mind. <laughs> <laughs>